Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, welcome back to our series on the book of Proverbs. And today we're in chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. And primarily we're, we're going to be looking at what you should avoid and what you should run to. Now, in the next few sessions, primarily we're going to look at this, what you should avoid. Not what should you fight with, not what should you run into and then run out of, but something that you should avoid altogether. And that is whatever, whatever is contrary to the will of God, whatever is sin. Don't fight it, don't play with it, just get away from it. So let's look in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Do not pass by it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil and they are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter unto the full day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And remember, this is not uh, just something you do after you read a text. We need to truly, sincerely ask the Lord for help. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And oh, dear God, I pray, please use your word in the heart of the young people who will be watching this video. I pray, Lord, that they will see you through the word, Lord, see your righteousness and your wisdom, that they would see their need, their sin, even their foolishness. They would see Christ as all sufficient, Lord, to meet that need. Lord, we thank you for Christ, for not even the book of Proverbs would give us hope if he had not died for our sins. Lord, we study this book not to be saved by it, but we study this book because we have been saved by the gospel and we want to be wise. We want to live for your glory. Oh, dear God, these young people are living now in such a world, a world that seems to oppose you just on every corner, in every street, on every computer screen and television screen, Lord. It is being proclaimed over and over, foolishness after foolishness. So, Lord, please, please use this these short teachings to help your children to live with wisdom and for the glory of your Son. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Now look at verse 14 just for a moment. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Now, if you remember in my introduction, I said you're not to fight sin, uh, you're to avoid it. Well, we must fight against fleshly desires. Uh, We must fight temptation. And in that sense, we must fight sin. But what what I'm trying to communicate to you is this. Don't go looking for it. Don't put yourself in a situation needlessly where you have to fight when it would have been better to avoid it all together. And that's what we're being taught here. You know, um, sometimes people will say, I'm not afraid of anything. Only a fool can say that and truly believe it. There is something that you should fear. You say, God, of course. But also, fear sin. Fear your own fallenness. Fear how susceptible you are to evil and guard yourself from it. I've heard old preachers say this when they talked about what kind of preachers uh, they felt like the world needed. They would say this, men who fear only God and sin. Well, we should fear God in the sense that We reverence him for his greatness and his goodness for all that he's done. We fear sin because of the danger it can do to us. Remember what God told Cain and Cain did not listen. He he treated God treated sin there, illustrated sin, almost like a wild animal outside the door of Cain's tent, prowling, waiting, waiting for him to come out, says, You know, it's crouching at the door and its desire is to have you. I remember seeing a television program a few years ago about an explorer. He was very bold. I mean, he would um, wild animals and wild rivers and mountains. And he was everywhere, jungle, Arctic. He seemed to be a very, very brave man. But in one of his films, he's alone in a tent and there's a jaguar outside. And... uh, Although I never came into contact one, I, I heard many stories in the jungles of Peru. It's a fearsome, fearsome animal. It has the strongest jaw strength of any cat, even more than a lion. And, and you saw this man who was there filming himself alone in his tent. And for the first time, I saw fear in his eyes, almost terror. And it wasn't a silly terror. He had good reason. And he, he decided that his best, his best hope was to get out of the tent and try to make his way to this small village. And even when he made it to the village and got inside, you know, a hut with other villagers who were experienced in the matter, you could see that all of them had fear. Um, we need to look at sin that way. Sin has destroyed more than all the other enemies of man. All right. Now, so we need to avoid it. And before we look at this text, I want you to see that this is a common thought throughout Scripture. So I want us to go for just a moment. Go to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. And verse 19. Look what it says. He who is steadfast in righteousness 
will attain to life. And he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. Now, look what it says. Not just someone who every once in a while desires to be righteous and studies their Bible and pursues a righteous life. No, it says the one who is steadfast in righteousness. You know, young people, I've met so many people, uh, especially young people, who they seem to just be on fire one moment studying their Bible hours a day, talking about prayer. And then a few weeks later, you meet them and they haven't studied their Bible in days and they're kind of no longer praying. Um, Do you know what's better? Better than being at the extreme of, I'm going to study the Bible two hours a day and pray an hour a day for a week and then for about four months I do nothing. There's something better than that. And that is simply moderation. But consistency every day, reading through the word from Genesis to Revelation, half an hour, 45 minutes every day, meeting with God in prayer and worship and thanksgiving. Not doing a tremendous amount in one day and then falling off the horse, but rather just simply being consistent. Now, let me say something here that I I tell people. Now, this is just a a starting point. It's not the goal. If someone comes to me and they say, you know, I need to I need to read the Bible more. I need to pray more. Um, I always ask them this question. Well, how much are you reading the Bible right now? And they say zero. And I say, well, how much are you praying right now? And they say, well, I'm I'm not. I'm not going to tell them, Okay, tomorrow morning, I want you to get up and I want you to read the Bible one hour and I want you to pray one hour. I'm not going to tell them that. I'm going to tell them, look, tomorrow I want you to get up. I want you to fix a time. I want you to get up and I want you to read one chapter. And then I want you to pray about just 10 minutes, talking to the Lord about what you've read, talking to the Lord about your problems. You say, well, Brother Paul, that's that's not much. It's a lot more than what they were doing. Because you see, I want them to grow, grow in their devotional time. You know, a, a little plant doesn't go from an acorn to a, uh, an oak tree in a day. And, and no, we shouldn't stay in a state of immaturity. But we need to realize that we have to start somewhere. All of us start in immaturity. And little by little we grow. Now you can, help your, you can have your parents help you in this to hold you accountable. Um, you know, when someone asks us a question like, did you read your Bible today? Did you pray today? Um, don't don't think, oh, they're trying to criticize me. No, maybe they, they love you. They're trying to help you. And parents, uh, you fathers and mothers could help yourselves. Husband and wives, holding each other accountable, helping your children. Those of you who are homeschooling and you have all those big posters on the wall with regard to duties and, and household chores, you can just put up there, you know, in this house, we're going to, Start off our children. We're going to we're going to read the, a chapter a day. We're going to pray a bit. Help your children. You know, start off reading with them. Start off praying with them, and then grow little by little. And here's something else I want you to see. It's very very important. Um, when you fall off the horse, and you will, I do. Just get back on. 
I meet so many people where they, they miss their devotional time with the Lord for one day or two days, and they, they become discouraged. And that discouragement causes them to just keep on missing. They feel so bad. They feel like a hypocrite. They feel as though their faith isn't sincere. Don't do that. Just start again. Start again. Start again. I have lived the Christian life a long time, and I can't... I don't know if there's a number big enough to describe how many times I've had to start again. So just start again. Now, again, look at this verse, verse 19. He who is steadfast in righteousness will attain to life. Not sporadic, but steadfast. There's a word, young people, that I really like to use. I apply it to my own life. I use it a lot when I'm preaching and teaching. Maybe it's because I was raised on a farm. It's the word cultivate, to just cultivate. In I believe it is Psalms 37, it talks about cultivating uh, faithfulness. You know, you plant a seed, you water it, you weed it, you watch it, you fertilize it, you cultivate it, you nurture it. That's another good word. Nurture your own faith and also nurture the faith of others. You parents should be involved in nurturing your children's faith. And you older brothers and sisters, you should be helping your younger brothers and sisters nurturing their faith, protecting it, caring for it. You know, um, you can, uh, I don't recommend it, but you, you can nail big nails into oak trees. Uh, you can cut off the limbs of oak trees. I mean, they're, they're so strong and sturdy. But that's not how it begins. When they start, you have to nurture them. You have to protect that plant from wild animals, from from the wind, from the rain, from the snow, from the heat. What's the same way when we're starting off? Two words are very important. Cultivate and nurture. Because he who is steadfast in righteousness will attain to life. You know, when I was growing up, I never was, never was a good athlete, but I wanted to be, and I worked really, really hard. I look back on that, and I wish I had known the Lord, and I wish I had spent all those hours every day shooting basketball or swinging at a baseball or, or even when I was older doing taekwondo and things. I wish I'd have spent that time, or at least part of it, the greater portion of it, pursuing righteousness seeking to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, again, he who is steadfast in righteousness will attain to life. An abundant life, a prosperous life, a beneficial life, a life that glorifies God. And he who pursues evil will bring about his own death. Um, someone who is has a terrible heart condition and just eats all types of horrible food. What do we say to him? You're killing yourself. A person who maybe is on drugs or alcohol and totally given over to those things. What do we say to them? You're killing yourself. Well, that's what's going on here. Don't pursue evil. Don't allow the world to tantalize you, to, to tempt you, uh, to put before you beautiful advertisements that are false. Because in the end, it will lead to death. And, and 
that's a good segue into saying this. Why am I even doing all this? You know, why am I sitting here teaching Proverbs? Well, I'm doing it for the glory of God. But there's another reason. It really does bring life. I look at my children. I love them dearly. I want them to prosper in the things that matter. I look back on my own life as a child and how I never really studied the Bible or anything like that. I think to myself, where would I be right now if those 21 years before I knew Christ, if in those 21 years I had studied the Bible, what kind of man would I be? Would I be a how much better of a husband, of a father, of a friend, of a brother would I be right now? Young people, look, don't don't waste your life. Um, you know, some of you, maybe when you reach 20, 25, 30, you feel called to the ministry. But what if all those years prior, you'd simply given yourself to studying the word of God, to pursuing righteousness, which means more than just keeping the rules. It means seeking to be conformed to the image of Christ. You know, bearing the fruit of the spirit, not becoming a mean spirited legalist, but a true man or woman of God who bears the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Use your time for that. Please, I beg you, I urge you, I admonish you to do that. So, here we are, we're almost 20 minutes into our study and we haven't even got to our text. But I want to I want to look at a few other things here um, in our text in chapter four. It's talking about primarily avoiding evil. I showed you a passage in Proverbs where it warns us to pursue righteousness and to avoid evil because evil leads to death. But this is also found in the New Testament. Uh, let's read a passage in First Timothy, chapter six, verse 11. I love this passage. But flee from these things. What things? Worldly ambitions. The things the world would offer you that are contrary to the will of God. He says, flee from these things, you man of God. We could put you woman of God. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance and gentleness. You see, the Christian life, even the word holiness is not. People think sometimes that the Christian life is just a list of all the things you're not supposed to do or that holiness is don't do this and don't do that. That's only half of it. It is an important part of it, but it's only half of it. You see, holiness in the Christian life is not just don't do these things. But you don't do these things that are contrary to the will of God in order that you may do certain things pursue with all your heart the will of God and the glory of God that leads to life. And, and you know, this is not really counterintuitive. If you're a reasonable person, think about what it's saying. Avoid the things that will kill you and pursue the things that will bless you. Now, when the devil comes to you, tempting you with regard to sin, he never says, hey, I'm laying this sin before you that will kill you. It may have joy for a season, but it'll kill you. He never says that. But God tells you the truth. 
Sin kills, righteousness results in life. So I love what Paul says here, you know, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, flee from certain things. He doesn't say fight them. He doesn't say stare at them. He doesn't say debate with them. He doesn't say ponder them to see the the benefits or the lack thereof. He just says run, run, run. Um, If you and I were hunting in the woods and all of a sudden a big black bear, about 600 pounds, came out of the woods, I wouldn't tell you and came straight for us because there were cubs behind us, I wouldn't tell you, you need to contemplate this. Or you need to brace yourself and get ready for a fight. No, because I know you're going to lose. I'm going to say run, flee, get away, go. And that's the way it is with sin. Flee from these things, you man of God, and pursue what? Righteousness. All that is conformed to the character and will of God as they are revealed in the scriptures. Godliness, being like God and devoted to God. Faith. How can you pursue faith? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Study the word of God. Know his promises. Believe them. Pursue love. Not this silly romantic love that the world sets before us or a sensual love or a fickle love. It's really self-love in disguise. But love as it's set forth in 1 Corinthians 13 or love as it is beautifully, powerfully illustrated in the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Christianity, if I had to just reduce a definition of love down to just a few simple terms, it would be this. Two words with an hyphen in between them. It'd be self-giving. Love is self-giving. That you give yourself to others even when there's no benefit. Perseverance. Remember this, young people. It's not about, you know, taking off and flaming out real quick and then you nothing but a cold, burnt stubble. That's not what it's about. It's about continuing on You know, I'm going to be 60 here in a few months. I I could die tomorrow like anyone or I could live another 35 years. And it's going to require perseverance because here's something you need to understand. How spiritual are you today? How are you acting today? You can't look back on the past and say, I'm spiritual because in the past I was spiritual. No, you're only as spiritual as you are today. And that requires perseverance. And then look what he says in the end. Not only should we be, you know, powerfully marching towards the goal of conformity to Christ, but we should be gentle. A lot of times when a young person takes off and begins to grow spiritually or an adult, you know what happens? The moment they start seeing a little bit of progress, then they become judgmental and critical of others. If you're truly growing in Christ, you're going to grow in gentleness, in mercy, in kindness. 2 Timothy 2.22 is another text, and this is where we'll end. Now flee from youthful lusts. And again, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So again, two things. Run from certain things. Run away from them. 
run to other things, you see. Um, in some ways, we could describe the, the, the Christian life in this way. Go into the scriptures and find those things that God hates. The evil things that he hates. And, and hate them. Not hating people ever, but hating evil, hating sin. Find those things that God loves and love them like God loves them. Okay, and so here he says, flee from youthful lusts. Timothy, we suppose, was, I don't believe he was a little boy, that's for sure, or even an adolescent. I believe he was a young man. And, and there are certain lusts, certain wrong desires, unbiblical desires that particularly affect young people. He says, run from them, run from them, run from them. Do not put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted or you have to fight your way out. I have a few friends that are experts in Krav Maga and sometimes I talk to them and they, they, they say that Krav Maga is more than just learning how to wrestle someone or punch someone or, or you know maneuver someone in wrestling. But it's about walking into a room and realizing where are the dangers. And the first option is avoid them. If you see yourself and there's a street, you've got to walk down it. It looks dangerous and there's dangerous people in there. Avoid it. Learn to understand your surroundings. Learn to get away before the fight even begins. And that's kind of what's going on here. Flee from these things. And then he goes on. But you don't just your Christian life isn't just running away from evil. That would be a pretty sad life. But what it also is, is. You're running with a passion away from something. But we're running with a passion towards something. And that's the things of God pursuing it. Righteousness. What is righteousness? Conformity to the nature and will of God as it's revealed in the scriptures. Faith, again, believing God. Becoming someone who actually rests and trusts in God, who not only has faith, but is faithful themselves. Love again. Pursue love. Desire that the greatest characteristic in your life, that the thing you're most known for is your love. Peace. Peace. I used to have a lot of friends who would get in fights all the time. You know, I soon discovered they got in fights more than everyone else because they were always looking for fights. But if we become men and women who love others, who give ourselves for the benefit of others, there will also be more peace in our lives. And he says, he says, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. You can either run to wickedness and join the wicked. Join them. Become one in their number. Become a part of their camp if you want. I guess you can do that if you would like to do that. But he says, no, run to another camp. Run to the camp that belongs to those who call on the Lord. 
from a pure heart. Those who say Jesus Christ is Lord and they say it from a pure heart. And you can see that not because they're perfect, but because they're honestly seeking in their life to reject that which is contrary to the will of God and to run to that which is pleasing to God. And when they fail and they will fail at times. Their hearts broken over it. They are repentant. They confess their sin and then move on again. Well, we didn't even get to verse 14, did we? But we'll start that in the next session. And uh, I hope this has been helpful to you. And please understand, these aren't just words. These are matters of life and death. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com 